Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hello, welcome back to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. And today I've got a special treat for you healthcare providers out there. This is a tiny fraction, a little window into some live training that we did for LTI members only just last week, talking about advanced laser properties. Get ready to nerd out. I'm excited for you to have access to this. Just understand this is picking up right in the middle of this live training session and then ending before the end of it too. Still, I think there's some good information in this excerpt we're giving you here today. And if you want to know more, if you want to learn more, if you want to be a part of these live trainings, I'd highly encourage you to go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. Look at our training options. There is a customizable tool there to help you find what's going to work best for you in your practice. And you can get access to this kind of content and so much more. But without further ado, here we go into the live training. Okay, switching gears, we're on to therapy specific. So laser therapy is used to light to produce a specific stimulatory effect, not ablative effect. Stimulatory effect on biological tissues, usually repair, regeneration, pain reduction, using laser and LED to stimulate the body's healing mechanisms, at this point termed photobiomodulation because it includes other sources of light other than laser. Lasers though have been specifically studied since the 60s when Andre Messer accidentally discovered that red Visible light would stimulate faster hair growth and mice. We have a lot of studies that have been done on this subject, and almost 400 that were studied last year, just yes. last year. Wow. Yep. Lots and lots of evidence out there. Okay, we're back to wavelengths again here. All right. This is a zoomed in view on that 600 to about 1,000 nanometer wavelength. Again, remember with wavelength, we have to have absorption if we're going to affect the tissue. So we need to look at what gets absorbed here. At 660, you have higher absorption in melanin. And this is actually a little bit inaccurate. This line here should be further up, but you have very high absorption in melanin, which means your visible red light is going to absorb very quickly right at the surface. Your 800 can penetrate very, very deep because it has low, or has low absorption of melanin and somewhat low absorption of water and hemoglobin. It has very high absorption in the black line, which is cytochrome C oxidase. Cytochrome C oxidase is a step in the respiratory chain within the mitochondrial production of energy. I'm going to come back to that in a minute, too. Coming up to 905, you have more um, absorption in hemoglobin. You're getting less and less absorption uh, in melanin generally. But you're starting to pick up absorption in water, which means you're starting to lose some penetration. So this 800 is kind of the sweet spot for trying to get in deep. So we know the photons in the 620-ish to about 1100 spectrum are absorbed pretty well by different colored chromophores in human cells. Two of those chromophores are cytochrome C oxidase, we just mentioned. And then the other one is bound and free water. This one just says mitochondrial bound water molecules, but free flowing water in the cells and around the cells is also a factor here too. But these two, CCO and mitochondrial bound water, are really important components in mitochondrial production of ATP. The mitochondria is that segment, that uh, um, little module in the cell that produces most of your cellular energy. 
it's a critical piece. We know that mitochondrial diseases are extremely, extremely bad things to have because nothing works right if your mitochondria aren't working. When CCO and bound water absorb near infrared light, they change conformation or they change location across a membrane, and that actually increases the rate of ATP formation within the cell. That will also release limited amounts of nitric oxide and react to oxygen species, which activate transcription factors, growth factors, and mediator proteins that are involved in wound healing. Nitric oxide also causes vasodilation and improves transport of oxygen and immune cells to the tissues, leading to enhanced cell repair. We also know that red and infrared light enhances phagocytosis, angiogenesis, collagen synthesis, keratinocyte, and fibroblast proliferation. All those are really important for wound healing, especially. But if you're starting to talk about tissue damage, that's all really important stuff. So when somebody says, how does this laser work? That's how laser works. That's how laser therapy works. You're stimulating chemical and biological changes within the cells in a stimulatory fashion, not a destructive fashion, to improve ATP production, nitric oxide, and reactive oxygen species. Cool. That is very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's why this works. It's the only reason why this works. There's no, there's no magical stuff to it. We, we know that there's factors uh, within the cell that respond to light. So laser therapy induced changes in blood flow and microcirculation also promote healing by controlling ischemia, hypoxia, and edema after an injury, creating a favorable environment for biological repair after a musculoskeletal injury. It's also really important for fighting any kind of diabetic injuries, right? This is all really critical for people who have uh, impaired healing. People seem to get better at first and then they really feel good. So they're doing all the right things, taking their supplements. And then I feel like that too, they, they start to feel like they kind of plateau and then mm -hmm. maybe they don't take their alpha lipoic acid or they're not taking, they're not drinking enough water. Yep. Um, so I feel like that's something that we should touch on with them too, like mm -hmm. maybe at re-exams or yep. certain, I don't know, any baseline checks and just like, okay, are you still taking your supplements? Yes. Because they fall it's off that. Fall off. And then obviously you're going to plateau. And then you plateau. And then we wonder, what do we do? What, what are we right. doing different? We're not doing anything different. It's just the patient isn't helping us sustain that change. So we got to put some of that back on the patient. Yes. Sometimes I think. You got to put it back on the patient and you got to work with expectations on time. Yes. Right? It is not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Or if it does, it's just because we're suppressing pain signals, which right. is just like taking meds without right. side effects. Right, right. It so doesn't there's no real healing yet. There's no healing. No. You've got to stick with it long enough to see it healing. And it's not a gimmick to keep people in here more. Right. It's about getting them to the point where they're stable enough. It's the same thing with connective tissues. Mm -hmm. If you have a sprain of the ankle, you can't just let it feel better and then send them out the door. They're going to have a ligament laxity. You've got to be able to push them through enough treatment that you really do get good recovery. Are you always going to have 100% recovery for these tissues? Damaged nerves, damaged connective tissues? No, you're not. Should that be our goal? Absolutely, it should. Yeah. Which means we're always going to feel unprevailing. Well, okay. And uh, even with the reju rejuvenation, um, mm -hmm. we tell the patients all the time were you the same age yesterday that you are today? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can't help it. That is the natural function of living. Yep. You're going to get older every single day. Mm -hmm. You're constantly fighting aging, you're, you're fighting disease, you're fighting toxin, you're fighting. Sun. Weather. The sun, yeah. you're fighting so many things. Poor diet in a lot of cases, alcohol, uh, smoking. You know, we're fighting an uphill battle all the time and 
our goal is to get the patient perfect. Right. Which means, again, if we maintain that goal, it's going to always feel like we're failing a little bit. Because even if we get an 80% improvement, it's still going to be, ah, it's not enough. That's okay. I want us to stay there. Because that means that our standard is really high. And even if you fall a little bit short of your standard, you're still getting way better than anybody else's. There's a lot of patients who mention, oh, it's so much better. I still have a lot of tingling in my toes, but I can live with it. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, no, I don't want to live with that. Right. So it's exactly weird. Yeah. And that's, that's where it's good to be able to take a patient's down. Because mm -hmm. as you get this process started, this is happening, and we can just give it a boost a little bit less frequently and keep it going. And that's where we can tell patients, you know, especially how long is it after surgery that you expect to be back to, to fit, done with healing? A year, right? Exactly. We're talking nerve healing here. That's not even supposed to be physically possible. Let, let's take a little step back here and give it some actual time. We're not even, by the laws of medicine, we're not even supposed to be able to repair nerves. So we're doing the miraculous here. Let's give it a little chance. Let's give it a couple minutes to, to work. Give it a chance. <laughs> okay. Penetration. Back to penetration again. But we're talking therapy lasers. So light has to be able to reach the tissues that have been damaged, which is really easy if it's on the surface. But what if you're talking about deep tissue injuries like lumbar disc, hip joint, even deeper nerve fibers, right? You've got to be able to go deep. And that's why we use some of these wavelengths that can actually get there. And that 800 to 1100 nanometers can go pretty deep. They can go through bone. It's not reflect off of bone. It might scatter a lot in bone, but you can absolutely go through bone. When's the last time you put uh, a flashlight against your hand and looked at it, mm -hmm. right? Light goes right through it, right? That's visible light. And we know that visible light is absorbed very highly by melanin. Think about infrared light that is almost not absorbed by melanin at all. Think about how much is going through there. At some point, we'll get an infrared camera and it'll just show you how much light just blasts right through something like the hand. It goes right through the bone and everything. There is a lot of penetration there. Don't let people think that you're just lasering the skin. The goal is that deep tissue. Like I said before, 800 to 810, somewhere around there, is able to penetrate the absolute deepest. Higher power with a larger spot size will also produce greater penetration. So you pull out the Q30, you put on the big spot size, you pull out that 800 nanometer and you max that power out, you're going to get very, very deep light into the tissues. That's not always the most important part. Penetration isn't always the most important, but it is a definite factor. All right, again, laser power measured in watts. Divided into classes based on power output. Mostly you're going to find class three and four units for therapy. This right here is what I want you to take from this though. The difference between class three and class four is class four unit is going to deliver the dose faster. That is essentially the main difference between class three laser or cold lasers and class four lasers. Delivering 400 joules of power with a half a watt class three machine will take over 13 minutes. Doing it with a class four machine at only five watts will take less than two. That is why we have class four machines. You can't operate a clinic doing, you know, 90 minute treatments. I've done it. It's terrible. It's, it does not work in a clinical setting. Do you still get good results? Yes, you do. You can get very good results. This is wavelength dependent. But if you're going to do a, if you're going to do laser in clinic, you have to have the right level of, of uh, power delivery where it will take forever. But also, and this is, I've got reference for all this. If you guys really want me to get your references, I will. Um, higher power is important when treating injuries to deeper tissues, such as ligaments, muscles, 
tendons and cartilage beam intensity is greater than one. Why? Greatly improve light transmission through soft tissues when compared with lower beam intensities. A lot of reports have actually questioned the ability of lower power lasers to even effectively transmit energy beyond the skin. Um, when we're talking visible light, you only really need low power because you're not transmitting beyond the skin, right? When we go into these infrared bands, you need higher power. Okay, tell me what you think the toughest structure of the body is to get light into. Name an organ that's the hardest to get light to. Gut, stomach, heart, lungs, brain. brain. Why? Oh, I know because it's scattered. Is that because of what you said? A lot of scattered. Within the bone. With the flat within the bone. Also, you've got hair, you've got skin, you've got enormous amounts of blood that circulates yeah, in the scalp. So you've got a lot of barriers, right? The skull is thick. Then before you get to the brain, you still got the dura, right? You've got a lot of layers. They estimate that if you use low power to try to penetrate to the brain, you're going to deliver less than half a percent of your light. Hmm. So if you're starting with a half a watt, how much light is actually making it to the surface of the brain? Is it even a therapeutic dose? No. If you start with a higher power, you can deliver up to 6% of the light. Up to 6%? Hmm. That's like nothing. That is why we need higher power units. That is why we have to be careful on dosing when you do the brain. The brain doesn't actually need that much dose, but to get to it, you got to get in there. You got to get in there with high power. Otherwise, you're just, your dosage is just nothing. That's what I'm talking about when you're talking about delivering a dose to the depth at which you're trying to treat. If you're trying to treat the brain, you've got to start with a high dose. By the time you can deal with reflection, absorption, and scattering, you actually have light left at a therapeutic level on the surface of the brain. I can't believe the Dura really makes that much difference. It is literally paper thin. It is, but it's, it's a connective tissue. It is. Right? Fibrous. Yeah, and fibrous tissues do absorb light pretty well. Okay, dosing. Light energy is measured in joules, which is watts times seconds. Joules is watts times seconds. So the dose is measured in joules and then is listed out in joules per centimeter squared. So that's your time, your power, your area all listed together. So when we talk about joules per centimeter squared, that's how we're talk talking about dose. So treatment area is calculated based on service area and power and time. With a 10 by 10 area to treat, your total dose should be somewhere between 400 to 1,000 joules total. But think about where you're getting to. Are you treating this skin? Because if you are, 400 joules is fine. But if you're treating the brain or the hip joint, you need to get your four to 10 joules to that depth which based on your scatter, your absorption, your reflection, means you have to go higher in dose. That's why a lot of our lumbar spine treatments are more in the three to 4,000 joules for a you know, 10 by 10 area. A lot higher power because you've got to get that dose delivery down deep enough. Okay, so that concludes this excerpt of live training that we're going to be able to get to you today. If you want to know more, again, you need to go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can customize your own training options and build a training package right there on the site. Figure out what's going to work well for you. You can also get a hold of us by email at info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. 
And there's even a link on the webpage where you can actually set up a live meeting with us to discuss your practice, why you're interested in laser therapy, what you're looking to do. So we make sure that we get you the resources that you need to be successful with this really amazing advanced therapy modality. Put it in your clinic, get success with your patients, expand the scope of what you're able to successfully treat, and of course, drive better revenue. Thanks very much again for joining us and I'll see you next week. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.